This is one Olympic record that won't be recognized on the awards podium. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain podcast. Okay, so it's not a quadruple axle or a triple cork 1440, but it's pretty impressive nonetheless. The Dow Chemical Company has launched an initiative that will produce, for the first time ever, a 100% carbon-neutral Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia. That includes carbon emissions from construction, supply chain activities, and travel to the games by fans and the media. And that's not all. Dow's framework is being used to drive energy conservation in Russian homes, industry, and agriculture. Here to talk about the program is Dr. Nicoletta Pikulrovatsi, who is Technology and Sustainability Director for Dow Olympic Games. We get the word straight from the official carbon partner of the Sochi Games. So here is my conversation with Nicoletta Pikulrovatsi. Nicoletta Piccolovazzi, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Would you explain to me first, what is Dow's Climate Solutions Framework? Yeah, before I go into the Climate Solutions Framework, it's probably important to set the stage that Dow is the official carbon partner of the Sochi Winter Olympic Games. And in this carbon partnership, we are implementing energy-efficient technologies and low-carbon solutions to mitigate the direct carbon footprint associated with the delivery of the games. And so in order to implement this program of energy-efficient and low-carbon solutions, we actually had to create a framework, a program framework. And this is the Climate Solutions Framework for events that Dow has developed with international experts. And it was developed specifically for the games? Exactly. It was specifically developed for the Games. In order to be able to execute this technology project in Russia and account for the reductions in greenhouse gases that these technology projects will deliver and assign these reductions to the footprint of the Games. And so the Climate Solutions Framework lays out the fundamental principles and the guiding principles of this approach. And, and it, it doesn't exist in isolation. It really builds on existing best practices and integrates them to create something that is really specifically suited for the mitigation of the footprint of an event mm-hmm. through a technology approach like this one. Well, let me ask you. You say uh, Dow is the official carbon partner of the Games. Is this the first time that an Olympics Games has had a carbon partner? Or has it always been some somebody some fulfilling that role? Uh, no, it's not the first time. There have been other carbon offset partners uh, in in roles that were probably a bit different from the role that Dow is in. 
So the first games where this uh, role was introduced was a, an official carbon uh, credit supplier, which was with the Vancouver Games. There they had for the first time a carbon credit supplier. And then in the London Games, they also had an, uh, an official carbon partner, uh, which was providing carbon credits and a, a program to offset the spectator footprint, uh, to, to partially offset the spectator footprint, for instance, for the London Games. Okay, well, let's break down the elements of the Climate Solutions Framework uh, piece by piece. As I understand it, there's three areas that it basically that addresses agriculture, construction, and infrastructure. Can we take that one at a time? What's happening on the agriculture side? Yeah, so uh, the, the framework actually doesn't contain these three pieces. The framework lays out the guiding principles, and then it's applied to projects in these three areas. So you are correct. There are these three areas, infrastructure, industry, and agriculture, where we are carrying out projects. And uh, then the framework is applied to these areas to make sure that these projects follow the guiding principles that we laid out. And so, uh, for instance, in the area of industry, we are implement of uh, of infrastructure. We are implementing a, a campaign that has actually already finished uh, uh, to promote the use of high-performance spray foam insulation to seal windows, so to reduce air leakages of windows to make houses more energy efficient in Russia. And so this campaign was done uh, to promote this. And, and uh, throughout uh, June to November 2013, we have carried out this sort of campaign. And then in the area of industry, we have worked with a strategic customer called Proflex to help them reduce the footprint of the product that they are delivering to the market and have reduced significantly greenhouse gases as a result of this. And then in the area of agriculture, uh, we are uh, launching a program uh, with farms to use low-till farming to reduce emissions in uh, Russia in the farming sector. So there are different farming practices, and we are implementing a more advanced farming practices, which will yield lower emissions. So benefits from this program are being really realized in this different uh, areas in industry, infrastructure, and agriculture in homes, uh, as well as in the industrial operations of our customers. It seems like it has the potential to go well beyond the Olympics, especially if you're talking about agriculture, which is growing crops just in general for the, the Russian market. Um, is this, in fact, intended to extend beyond the Olympics, or is it right now in those three areas specifically oriented toward the Olympics? Yeah, the, the, the project implementation is occurring uh, occurred in 2013 and it will extend to the end of 2014. And then the benefits will continue to be realized. And in fact, the reason why we are doing this program in Russia is that we have seen, there are also studies that demonstrate that, that Russia has a huge potential to reduce greenhouse gases and to do this in an economically viable manner. And so we are really tapping into only a small portion of these opportunities. If applied more broadly, this uh, type of approach could lead to much more significant greenhouse gas reduction. What is your starting point? I know that you're dealing with a lot of Soviet-era homes. 
and buildings, are you starting at a, at, at, a, at a point where there's a huge challenge involved in bringing all this up to standards that we might find elsewhere in the world? Or is the Russian infrastructure already at a certain point where the progress has been made toward a greener approach? Uh, in order to be able to actually count reductions within this program, the projects need to be beyond business as usual. So we cannot continue doing uh, or working at a standard that already exists or doing a project that, that is already common practice and then count the reductions. From, uh, in, in terms of greenhouse gases and assign them against the footprint of the game. That wouldn't be you know, a fair and, and, uh, and good approach because you actually would have overall not reduced greenhouse gases. And so every one of these projects actually is beyond business as usual. Now, we are not actually going out uh, to identify the different buildings. What we are doing is we are using the Olympics brand uh, and the, the excitement around the Olympic Games to incentivize, for instance, dealers to apply high-performing spray foam insulation when they install new windows. And so this is really how we are working through the value chain. Yeah. What is the biggest source of carbon emissions related to the Olympics? Um, well, uh, the uh, footprint scope that we as a carbon partner are responsible for is actually uh, are the emissions from the organizing committee. Uh, so the direct emissions from the organizing committee. And they are made up by different components. They are, for instance, emissions from the operation of the organizing committee starting in 2007. Uh, they are, uh, it, 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 these emissions include also the uh, food, transport for volunteers and uh, during games time, for instance, for athletes during games time, as well as the uh, energy and the power used in the venues during the games time. But these are uh, the emissions that are under the scope of the organizing committee. These are the emissions that we will mitigate. And the amount is estimated to be around 360,000 tons and was calculated by the Sochi organizing committee together with international experts to determine their emission scope. Are you looking at the global carbon footprint from the Olympics? Are you looking at emissions that are involved in producing products and the like that are actually produced outside of Russia and being shipped into Russia? Or are you only measuring carbon emissions that happen locally uh, as a result of the Olympics? Yeah, uh, we, uh, as I said, we were really not uh, involved in defining exactly the scope, but most of the emissions that uh, are within the scope of the organizing committees are uh, occurring in Russia. Uh, in our program, though, we have also another component. So we are, I described to you the technology implementation that is happening throughout Russia uh, under the program framework of the climate solutions framework, but we are also addressing another type of emission in our program, which is travel from spectators and media media going to and from the games. So uh, that is another component, and we are addressing these emissions uh, through the more classic route of uh, retire, purchasing and retiring carbon offsets. Yeah, there's really uh, no, so there's really no way to get... I'm sorry. 
there, there's really yeah, no way to get around the fact that most people from outside Russia are going to be flying there. Uh, and so you're offsetting the actual impact of, of the use of aircraft, for instance, and the use of vehicles to access the site? Exactly, exactly. So uh, another calculation was done, which is regarding the travel emissions. Uh, this was, again, performed by the Sochi Organizing Committee, and the emissions are estimated to be 160,000 tons. These are people traveling through different means uh, from around the world to Russia for the Sochi Games. Uh, there is no games without spectators, that's clear, but we wanted to take to help Sochi to reach their environmental goals by uh, covering these emissions through the use of carbon offsets. Uh, so this is how, how uh, 100% of the spectator emissions and also of the emissions from media traveling to the Games will be offset through the DAO program. Now, is that 160,000 tons in addition to the 360,000 ton figure that you cited earlier, or is it part of that? No, it's in addition. So, in total, our uh, mitigation program will deliver more than 520,000 tons of uh, carbon reduction uh, and, and will probably be in excess of that. We will uh, be ready closer to the Games to start talking about our first results. Uh, that will happen closer to the, to the Sochi uh, Games time. Yeah. Are you also taking into account the supply chain that is in place to supply the Olympics with all necessary uh, materials, uh, the, the, the actual movement of product into Sochi, either within Russia or from outside Russia? Yeah, uh, a part of the emissions from the organizing committee will include also the supply chain because I believe uh, they uh, are co taking into consideration scope one, two, and three emissions. Uh, and then, as I said, also, you know, flying the spectators into Russia, that's, that's probably a key component of the supply chain of a successful game. Yeah. What do you anticipate to be the biggest challenge? What aspect of carbon emissions or what aspect of your program looks to be the most difficult to address? Uh, well, uh, I think we have, uh, fortunately, many of the challenges are actually already behind us. We have already implemented the three key programs that we uh, wanted to implement in Russia. Now, uh, as we said before, once implemented these technologies, they will continue to deliver carbon reduction. So the big challenge has already, is already behind us. I would say the, the, the key challenge was the short timing. DAO was announced to be the carbon partner of the Sochi Games only in March 2013, so less than a year ago. And so we had very little time to make sure we put everything in place to execute the implementation of the program by the end of 2014. So that was definitely a, a, a key challenge for us. And the way we were able to address it is that we actually have a 40-year presence in Russia. So we do have a lot of customers and partners that, were, uh, that we could access and we could ask to, to engage in this program. And I think the Olympic brand, again, there helps 
to, to create some excitement and some focus and actually to a certain extent their very short time frame helps too because it really focuses everybody on this. So even though there have been other carbon reduction efforts at previous Olympics, is this or will this indeed be the first carbon neutral games? Um, well, you know, you can define carbon neutrality only by defining the carbon scope. So indeed, uh, considering the carbon scope of the organizing committee, it is the first games that will have the direct emissions of the organizing committee and the spectator and media travel emissions all mitigated. Uh, when we co uh, it's difficult to compare games because every game is different. But when we co uh, look, for instance, at the Vancouver Games, the organizing committee's footprint was mitigated. The travel emissions were only mitigated to a very, very small percentage. I think it was below 10%. Uh, when we look at the London Games, the organizing committee's uh, footprint was not mitigated, and the spectator emissions were only uh, mitigated to 10 or 15 percent. However, London had a very significant effort to reduce the emissions in the construction of the venue. So it's very difficult to compare one game to the other. But I, I think in terms of the impact that we have made, it's really a very extraordinary first-of-its-kind impact. And also we are able to leave a technology legacy in Russia that as we said, if implemented more broadly, can continue to deliver much bigger greenhouse gas reductions than what we are actually doing for the game. Are there other aspects of sustainability being addressed either by yourself or by other parties related to such things as water usage, fuel, and avoiding the, uh, the, the uh, dumping of, of materials in landfill, recycling, for instance? The sustainability strategy of the organizing committee is, is broader, obviously, than the, the carbon strategy. Uh, DAO is responsible only for the carbon strategy. So I can really, uh, I think for the broader sustainability results, I think it's important that you would engage the organizing committee to comment appropriately on that. Yeah. Now, DAO uh, presented its climate solutions framework at a uh, meeting called, I don't know if you call this COP or COP19. Could you explain yeah. what that initiative is? So uh, COP19 is the Convention of Parties, I think, the abbreviation states for that, under the UN Framework Convention for Climate Change. Once a year, uh, governments come together to discuss the next, uh, steps, advancement in the climate uh, change area and to discuss policies. And so this is a, a policy uh, discussion of governments that is happening once a year uh, to set targets. And, and DAO was there in, a, uh, in an official side event. It's uh, under Caring for Climate, a UN initiative uh, that wants to encourage businesses to engage in uh, reducing uh, emissions. And so uh, apparently this was the first time that really the business was uh, represented to a more significant extent in this COP19 uh, discussion. So there were, uh, we didn't participate, uh, obviously, in the government discussions. Uh, that's, that's not uh, some, a role that, that DAO plays. Uh, it's really for government. 
but in the side events, we participated in this official side event to launch the Climate Solutions Framework, which we are also ready to make available to others if they want to apply it and use it. It seems a little ironic that the, uh, the purpose of that effort is to encourage business to reduce emissions, and yet only now does business seem to have a real chair at the negotiations. I don't think business has a chair in the negotiations. We, uh, it, 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 they are, business is not part of the negotiations, if I understand that correctly. For me, it was the first COP19 uh, or the first COP, but uh, business is not part of the negotiations as such. Uh, but business is part of these side events and, and, and uh, takes part in the discussions. Mm -hmm. So what do you expect the long-term impact of your efforts to be on the Russian Federation beyond the games? Um, I think it's it's, uh, hard to estimate at this point. Uh, Our scope of the program will cover and exceed the emissions commitment that we have made. That is very clear. Uh, And I think, you know, then we will continue to promote some of these technologies uh, from the spray foam insulation that I mentioned to also carbon fiber composites, which is another technology that we launched under this program to extend building lifespan. It's difficult at this stage still to estimate exactly what, what the impact will be in terms of greenhouse gas. How about the impact on future Olympics games, both winter and summer? What do you expect that to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I do hope, and I think it will be a positive impact. Uh, every Olympic Games brings some, some more change. Of course, it's unique to that geography, but there is a lot of knowledge transfer that happens from one Games to the other. And I think Dow, as a global partner of the Olympic movement, I mean, we are the carbon partner of the Sochi Games, but we are the official chemistry company of the IOC. We have a role to play in this knowledge transfer. So we will definitely work and, and want to work with the future host cities and are engaging in dialogue to, to uh, talk with them about the role technology can play in reducing greenhouse gases. Well, it sounds like a huge step forward, not only for this Olympics, for the Russian Federation, for future Olympics, and for the world as well. We wish you the best of luck with the Climate Solutions Framework. Dr. Nicoletta Piccolo-Rovazzi, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. That was Dr. Nicoletta Piccolo-Rovazzi with the Dow Chemical Company. Thank you for listening. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch nearly 2,000 videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. And follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. Stay warm, enjoy the games, and see you next time.